This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Once a week, twice a week, my freshman year. Did you ever tell him your age? You're 14 years old. Yeah, he knew very well my age. And I would just get massages back. He would also like when I would play with his nipples. He used to get turned on by that. And then he would finish himself off, and then that would be the end of it. My apologies if you're eating dinner, because that, uh, that's gross. And yet it is the voice of one of the women who uh, claims to have been raped by Jeffrey Epstein when she was just 15. And there's a reason Mr. President, former President Bill Clinton, uh, was so speedy at distancing himself from the accused pedophile. The two uh, have been bosom buddies for a long, long time. And I know a lot of the eyes are linking, you know, Epstein to President Trump, who once called him a terrific guy. But that, uh, that relationship was apparently ended over a decade ago. And Trump now says they had a falling out about 15 years ago and the relationship was severed. And Clinton also, you know, claims to have severed ties over a decade ago. But when they were friends, oh, did they have fun? Because according to reports, they traveled together on Epstein's private plane up to 26 times, according to the log uh, flight data. And um, he was one of many rich and famous guests that would have visited uh, his Caribbean Cove, known by the locals who call it Pedophile Island. And Clinton was uh, said to have visited his New York home up until last year. And more, more importantly, Epstein, who had a career in finance, was instrumental in helping Clinton start his controversial Clinton Foundation back in the day. So let's bring in Charles Ortel, financial and geopolitical analyst, as well as whistleblower and host of the podcast Sunday with Charles. Hello there, sir. How are you, Alex? Thanks for having me on. Well, it's a fascinating story. I'm not sure why it's taken. It, I, I kind of thought today it's like the R. Kelly story. It's one of these things that everybody knew about. Everybody was talking about it. It had already been through the legal um, you know, world, and yet now everyone's shocked that Mr. Jeffrey Epstein has been arrested. Yeah, I mean, this is a story that is not simply about Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Clinton. It's a story about Jeffrey Epstein and his co-conspirators, one Ghislaine Maxwell, daughter of Robert Maxwell, and others who seem to have been in the business of procuring underage women for Epstein and perhaps for other people who flew on his jets uh, and, and went to parties at his various homes. Uh, the the uh, letter that uh, went out under Bill Clinton's name suggesting that... Um, that Epstein had only been helpful in 2002 and three is a pack of lies. Jazane uh, Maxwell, uh, according to press reports, numerous press reports, raised money for the Clinton Library starting around 1998. Uh, she was a director with Epstein in a charity that I think is highly suspicious, that encountered great difficulty after Epstein went to prison in 2008. That charity made a donation to the Clinton Foundation of $25,000 on July 18, 2006, so that's many years after 2003. The work in 2002 and three that allegedly Epstein did could not possibly have been for the Clinton Foundation. Bill, Cl Bill Clinton was not an officer director or otherwise 
on paper associated with that foundation. It had no authority to do any international work. There's no record in the filings for the Clinton Foundation of a donation of the amount required to cover jet travel to Africa for 30 days, which it's alleged the trip took in 2002. And I could go on and on and on. Well, you know, you probably have time because uh, every day we're seeing, the, it's like every five minutes a new headline comes out of who he was associated with, the rich, the powerful, and the stories are disgusting because we're hearing all these young women now, older, uh, and feel a little bit more empowered that they can finally come forward and, and have their vo- voice heard. But who, I mean, there's a lot of scrutiny, obviously, on Donald Trump because Trump knew Mr. Epstein. They, you know, he's, he's made past comments back in 2002, 2003 on being a terrific guy, but obviously his labor secretary. Secretary Alexandra Acosta uh, was part of this awful secret plea deal that was made back in 2008 that allowed Epstein to avoid the federal charges. And yet he still sits as part of the Trump administration. Do you think Trump has any choice but to uh, dismiss him or recuse him? I'd I'd say hold that thought. I mean, in the first instance, uh, a number of senators, Chuck Schumer, for example, who've been arguing that now Acosta needs to leave, took campaign contributions for, for um, from Epstein for years. Mm. Um, and uh, I was suspecting... Follow the dollar, other. follow the dollar, right. Charles, you know. Right. And so what happened actually in that period, in 2007, Acosta was uh, a U.S. attorney in Florida, and he wanted to go ahead with a tougher approach, but apparently may have been overruled by his superiors in Washington, D.C. And there's a story uh, by uh, uh, from Vicki Ward, who's the, the eminent author and and uh, media personality has been following this for over 10 years. She claims that Acosta is, is quoted as having said when he, when he backed off that he was told that Epstein was, quote, part of intelligence. And that so when I look at this, what I see is a classic honey trap, mm-hmm. whether flying on private planes in international airspace where these people would allege U.S. or Canadian laws don't apply, or on a boat, in international waters, where, again, they would make the claim that, you know, what laws apply when you're outside territorial limits offshore, um, they did what they did. And more importantly, a lot of people, a lot of intelligence services likely knew this was going on. And as a guess, the information, you know, the experiences were used to pressure politely uh, the various politicians and business tycoons and others who went along for these rides. And I submit to you, it probably involves people across the political spectrum. It almost certainly involves people not just in America, maybe Canadians. Prince Andrew was frolicking around, supposedly, and other famous names are all in this um, manifest, or at least this logbook. And, and you did bring that one up. It's important there to consider not just Bill Clinton, but the various Clinton operatives, whether they were in the Clinton Foundation, around the Clinton Foundation, whose names are also in there. Ira Magaziner is in there. He runs this chai thing. Eric Nonax is involved with, uh, still involved with Justra in the uh, joint venture between the Clinton Foundation. He's in the logbooks. Um, and, you know, when we, when we really go over this, the way the FBI went over Manafort and Roger Stone, mm-hmm. and we start to think about what really was going on, how many people knew about it, why did it, we in government didn't do anything about it, this is good, is, may well become, considering this, the Clinton Foundation, the Nexium stuff, and the other allegations, this could well become the f- biggest scandal in the history of mankind in financial terms, and then in its gross, grotesqueness, uh, it can be a, a disgusting testament to the depths to which human beings will go, particularly powerful ones.
Right. And, you know, back in the day we had Charlie Sheen and then there was the uh, the woman, her name escapes me because it's been so long, but she was the Hollywood madam. Uh, she had the black book. I mean, this is the kind of stuff, you know, they may not pay attention to the Clinton Foundation. They may not uh, pay attention to the Russian interference, but they will pay attention to a sex scandal because, you know, in Charlie Sheen, we waited to find out whose names were in that little black book. We, we wait for these things. Uh, that will come out. But this is one of those cases, Charles, that has bipartisan fear. So I think as many as, you know, on the Democrat side want to see Trump go down for something on this thing, they're probably equally terrified that they'll be named as well, correct? Perhaps. But, you know, this is, I think this is worse than Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Oh, sure, my- sure. I'm just saying that, that, I mean, if we're going to, the salacious sexiness of a star caught with a, you know, right. that's, but this takes it to a whole, the stratosphere of the who's who. Well, when you think about it, you know, when these charity appeals, there are always appeals for uh, abused children and undernourished children, children with disease, et cetera. How bad is it for a predator like Epstein, and he is a predator, uh, and perhaps it's just Lane Maxwell, to try to stand outside schools? This latest person you were talking about was, you know, apparently she lost her father, died of AIDS, and she didn't have much money. She was standing outside her school when a woman approached her and said, hey, uh, you know, maybe you could use some help. And that t- turned into ultimately Jeffrey Epstein raping her at the age of 15. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, if it happens once, is bad. But this is a long-standing pattern and practice where evidently Epstein learned nothing and Ghislaine Maxwell learned nothing. And the public needs to rise up across the political spectrum and say, enough of this. It is disgusting, as, as Trump said last week about the Clinton Foundation. It happened in Haiti. Mm-hmm. It's happening in Africa. It's happening around the world where vulnerable uh, girls and boys are being abused by very powerful people who absolutely know better and need to be punished severely. Right. And so, I mean, your system works a heck of a lot faster than ours, and it's certainly a lot more transparent. And we've already learned so much. And certainly the author of uh, of the reports on this, uh, uh, you know, who broke the story, she has certainly got more stories to come out. But when do we actually start getting into the crux of, you know, is he going to flip and start naming names or will the evidence itself start to reveal who is on the, the list of naughty I think, you know, the first question is how long does that, excuse me, Epstein survive in prison? No. I mean, he, it's not going to be the, the people who abuse children don't do well in prison. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think so, he'll get bail? Yeah, we'll ne- never get bail, but I, he might get a knife in the back. Maybe. Is, is the problem. So that's the first question. Does he survive in jail to go through a trial? But as a guest, he, his lawyers are already trying to see what they can get. And furthermore, a lot of other people are probably quaking in their boots mm-hmm. and are willing to turn you know, and reveal more information about Epstein to save their own skins. Right. Well, it's going to be a fascinating um, next, I don't know, little while. This could take a year. It could take a few months. But you're right. Every day we're going to be waking up to these headlines and they're going to be a... Uh Pretty salacious because, you know, we are in a new age now after Me Too where there's far less acceptance. My question kind of keeps going back to the what the hell took these people so long? They all cast a blind eye to decades and decades of violation against minors, little girls, um, you know, used and thrown away for pleasure to the rich and famous. And little boys. I mean, it's, it's horrible. And, you know, it happened in Hollywood. I think we're going to find out that it's also going on in academia and these elite prep schools and then colleges. And I hope 
that Trump has a master plan here to really expose this, shame these people, convict these people, and indeed drain the swamp. That's what we want down here. You see around the world, countries around the world are rising up and saying, enough of this. You elitists, the bureaucrats, these politicians, they don't know what they're doing. We're not better off. And now we find out this is what they're doing behind the scenes. Just before, Nothing. yeah, just before I let you go, Charles, because I'm running out of time. A lot of people say, "Well, if, if they don't find anything on Trump, I don't think anyone will care." I'm not so sure with this one. I don't, I don't know. Like, if they don't get Trump on any, I don't actually think they'll get Trump on anything on this. I could be wrong, but again, I don't think he. I think, in fact, if they do get big names, it will still be as salacious. Oh, absolutely. I think that you know the train has left the station and it's going now at 120 miles an hour. Um, this, you can't put this back. This is this is well along. People are already across the political spectrum reporting on it, and they're beginning to tear apart Epstein's narrative. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to find soon Epstein is not as rich as people think he was. He didn't make this money on his own. I think people are going to dry clean just exactly who is this guy. Yeah, well, the only guy not quaking in his boots would be Bernie Sanders, but uh, you never know these days. Um, all right, Charles, we'll leave it there, but thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. That is Charles Ortel. He's my go-to guy on a, you know, the Clinton Foundation, and and he's a whistleblower. So we'll uh, wait and see. I think uh, I think it's gonna be a hell of a hell of a few months.